Hey, welcome to our Public Church podcast. We hope this message blesses you today. For more information on Public Church, please see us on www.public.church. You are normally a rowdy bunch. So we are coming into the finale of our breakthrough season. And I really am excited about um, where we are as a church and what we're hoping to accomplish and what we're hoping to do. The breakthrough offering for us as a church is not so much around the capacity of what we can do as a church to bless and to extend and to fuel the kingdom of God. What I'm really excited about is the process and the stretching of our faith of what God does in our own hearts, in our own walk with the Lord. At the beginning of the year, we talked about our Vision Sunday, and we termed it um, For the Future. And we were very clear about what the things that we believe God had put on our hearts. Um, we didn't want to just go and sprout off different things willy-nilly. Um, we were really strategic about the things that we believe that God had put aside and set apart for us to accomplish and to achieve as a family and as a community of believers. As you are aware, um, there are many churches on the Gold Coast. There are many churches in Southeast Queensland. And we really feel that there's a particular mandate on us to, that there's a unique assignment and a unique footprint that God has for us as a community that doesn't look like any other community, that doesn't look like any other church, that doesn't necessarily replicate any other mandate. But for us, it's for us to find out what we believe God has put in our heart. And we really believe strongly here on the northern part of the Gold Coast that the, the reason we've come up with the, the terminology public church is we really believe that God has called us to be a lighthouse church in this northern part of the area of the Gold Coast. And as it continues to sprawl and as the population continues to grow and more young families and older families alike grow, in, grow and move into this area, that they would become a part of the fabric of public church and together we would accomplish great and mighty exploits for God. And so I'm really excited about the mandate that God has put in our heart. I understand that we're going to continue to expand and we're going to continue to take new ground. And so there's three outcomes today that I really want us to sort of bookend and we can all walk out of this room today, this beautiful cinema. Thank the Lord for it. Um, it's a great blessing to us. Those of you who have recently joined the journey, we used to be at Helensvale State School. And it was a real blessing to be there smack bang in the middle of summer. The Lord was really stretching our faith and our, our, and our capacity to lay a hold of the assignment that He'd set out for us. But there's three outcomes that I'm really believing for today. And the first one is that we will understand that as we move forward and we step out in faith and move towards collectively taking up a breakthrough offering, that we can reach more people for Jesus. We are a church that is a city on a hill and we're going public with this. We're not a church where we're going to be navel gazing and we're going to pick out problems in the next family next to us and everyone else, but we want to be really committed. I'm just going to move this. We want to be really committed and dedicated to all that God has got for us as we move forward. Sorry about that. I'm going to there we go. Sorry, I didn't break anything, Joseph. 
So, But we want to make sure that as we move forward that we can reach more people for Jesus. We're on mission. We're a church that is about reaching more people. We're in order to go out, we want to preach the good news to all that, to every living soul. And in order for us to do that, we also want to fulfill the Great Commission where we want to raise disciples. And so we want to grow the capacity, not us, we can't grow the capacity, but I believe God wants us to stretch our capacity to continue to grow and to facilitate and to handle more responsibility, more authority in the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So first and foremost, if we turn to the screen, our breakthrough offering is going to go towards the efforts and the work here about what God is doing on the Gold Coast. And so we see here that we want to continue to strengthen our high school programs. We want to enlarge our reach into universities. We're already on mission doing that. But we want to continue to increase our capacity to be able to do it at a higher level and with more effectiveness. We also want to continue to build our deposit which we have approximately at the moment $30,000 put aside for a church plant. That's fairly handy. But we've put $30,000 aside. 10% of our tithes and offering every single week go directly into our building fund so that we're prepared for when God says go. We don't want to just be a church where we're not stewarding the finance and stewarding what God has put in our hands. We want to start sowing the little that we've received thus far. We're doing incredibly well, but we want to keep sowing and investing, making sure that we're ready for when God says go. I was just making an observation with some pastor friends this week. We were saying um, how the church has grown and they were blown away and we were just sharing each other's stories and building one another's faith. And they were saying, do you realize for an afternoon or a night service that normally two to three times less attended than a morning service. Now, the issue that we actually have at the moment is we want to reach more people in the morning. We're going to keep the afternoon. So for all of you who love your sleeping and love afternoon church, fear not, saith the Lord. Okay? So we see that, but we obviously, standard church Christian time is smack bang that 9, 10 in the morning. And we want to be able to, that's, the world is just geared that way in Western civilization towards that's when church happens. Now we want to reach more people in order for us to do that, we've got to open up more doors. And so we can't at the moment get in this cinema because there's another church here in the morning. We've checked in a lot of facilities at the moment, but we're not in a position to actually be able to get into a permanent lease just yet. We're not far off. My heart, and I hadn't planned to share this, but I'm spur of the moment. My heart is that when this light industrial area comes up on just on the rise here off the freeway, that I think it's called Link Estate, and there's other estates that are going to grow into that area, that, that it's, it's quite easy for churches to get a, a permit for worship if it's in a light industrial area because then you can make as much racket, the youth can make as much noise as they want on a Friday night. There's no, there's no one there during the weekends. It's, it's a wasteland and it's perfect and prime real estate for a church to move into that sort of space. So this is the thing. I want us to stir our faith that we're going to be ready for when God 
says go. We want to continue to do more community outreach and we want to continue to strengthen and develop our pastoral care and leadership and our staffing as we continue to go forward. So that's what we're planning on the Gold Coast, which is really, first and foremost, that's what we really want to, we want to fuel and we want to see breakthrough in those areas to continue to see a mighty work for God here on the Gold Coast. Secondly, We're going to continue. There's 30 people that are a part of our church here on the Gold Coast that actually drive from outside of the Gold Coast to come and be a part of what God is doing here. And so I've sat down and had a conversation with them all and floated the idea, what would you feel? Are you feeling something if we were to look at doing an extension and another extension of our family on on the north side? in Brisbane, not on the north side of Brisbane, but up north in Brisbane. And there was an overwhelming and resounding yes. And there's an appetite and a stirring in people's heart to pioneer again. And I'm really excited about that possibility. If you see what's happened in the last two years, it's fantastic. And I believe that the Lord is wanting to accelerate the works that he's actually doing here. And there's more people to reach. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So also... As I shared last week for some of you who might not have been here, this church, um, besides the generosity of those who have sort of been there and, and have joined and become a part of public family, I really want to thank you for your generosity up until this point in time. But there were some other external organizations and churches that actually made this possible. So two and a bit years ago when we're sitting in a room with 11 people and a heart and a dream and a vision to see people one for Jesus, as I shared that with some other of my friends, not just friends as such, but ministry partners, they went to their church boards and to their church elderships and they felt to generously contribute. There were seven other churches that heavily invested when there wasn't much resource and there weren't many people to be able to get this work off the ground and inbuilt in the DNA of this church is that we are a kingdom church this church is not just about public church this is a church that's in partnership with many great works across the earth to see the proliferation and the extension of the kingdom of God here on the planet and so we don't want to be just in the same way we don't want to be all about us There's something greater about sowing in something outside of yourself when you don't get a necessary return. It flushes you out and keeps your motives pure and keeps you kingdom-minded. And so, so far, we've been able to contribute to many efforts in our first two years, but we want to continue to sow into, and we've got the next slide, there's two church plants that, one we've already given into, but we want to continue to strengthen in Adelaide, which is Nova Church, and Doug and Crystal have been a part of this church plant from the beginning, and we've sat down, Renee and I, with them, and they feel that, that they've loved their season and loved being a part of public church, but late last year, um, they felt a stirring to go on and to do a work in Wynnum and Manly on the east side of Brisbane. And so we want to we wanna fuel and we want to resource and we want to help them start strong. So both those church plants, as we've received, so we want to continue to, to give. And so I just love the fact that we are about strengthening the church across the board. Um, Sam and Hannah... Um, just shared something if we've got that video oh sorry hang on we've got one more thing and then I'll fly to that is that right is that the order 
Thank you, Pastor Brad. We'll do, we'll do one more, Youth Alive. So last but not least, the other thing is that we want to continue to sow into the, the greatest soul-winning initiative that our nation's ever seen, and that is Youth Alive. And 95% of people who give their lives to Jesus give their lives to Jesus before the age of 21 in the Western world. And so that really gives us an incredible responsibility to make sure that we keep sowing and investing into that space so that we can see more young people one to Jesus. Because if more young people are one to Jesus, that average there, we continue to push that forward. You know, the incredible thing is, is that the, um, the Mission Australia... The statistics actually show that the young people who are in a youth ministry and have a youth leader are 15, sorry, are 15 to 25% more hopeful about their future and less prone to stress and anxiety. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist in the church, but the statistics say that the young people of our nation are actually better off if they're in a church, have a relationship with Jesus and have a mentor, youth pastor or a youth leader, which is, I love the fact that this church invests heavily in young people and our youth leaders are some of the best in our nation. And so Izzy and Renee are doing a phenomenal job leading the youth ministry. In fact, they've been married six years as of yesterday. Congratulations, guys. So... On August the 16th, Australia's largest youth gathering of any kind, of any nature, is actually happening with 30,000 young people are gathering in 65 locations right across Australia, from Tasmania to Cairns, right across to Perth, and hopefully even in Alice Springs, which is one of the most remote, remote places on the planet. And, we've, and, and that's 30,000 young people that are going to say Jesus is undeniably having a positive influence in our lives, which is absolutely phenomenal. We're going to sow into that good soil. Um, you might have seen an article on the front page of the Courier-Mail a couple of days ago, and um, the, the guys were doing some video footage for that event, and a reporter from the Courier-Mail was driving over the Story Bridge in Brisbane, and all the the young people were holding up, Jesus has changed the world on these placards. So this courier male reporter pulled over to the side of the road and said, what, what are you guys doing? What do you mean Jesus has changed the world? And they went on to share about all that God was doing through Youth Alive and that there was 30,000 young people that were actually going to be gathering in a couple of months and they were blown away to see that there were so many young people that loved Jesus. And so I just think we are in living in unprecedented times at the moment, with, regardless of your opinion on Izzy Falau, regardless of what you stand on with Scott Morrison, regardless of where you're at, Zeke Power at the moment is going deep into the voice. And then we've got 30,000 young people gathering. God is stirring the nation's consciousness around, spiritual, around spirituality and around issues of faith. And we might not agree with everything that's been said and done, but there's no doubt Jesus is at work in our days. And so it's an exciting time to be a part of his church. So why don't we turn to the video right now 
and um, see what Sam and Hannah had to say. Well, hey everybody, it's Sam and Hannah here from Nova Church in Adelaide, South Australia. We just want to say a massive thank you for all of your support and your generosity over this last couple of months. Without it, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah, that's it. On April 28th this year, we actually officially launched Nova Church here in Adelaide. And before that date, Public Church actually made a significant financial investment uh, into our church that simply made it possible for us to do the impossible. You know, since that date, we've actually had people finding Jesus every single week at church. We've had people coming in and finding family and all of the needs that we've uh, been believing for have actually been met. And a lot of that is to do with faithful churches like you sowing into us. So we want to say firstly, a massive thank you to pastors Cameron and Renee Bennett for your generosity and looking beyond your space to our space, but also to the people of Public Church who've been making a faithful commitment to sowing and investing week in and week out. We simply wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for your ongoing generosity. So we want to say a huge thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We want to let you know that we love you and um, we're believing really big things for you this morning for your breakthrough offering. We know you're going to be blessed and um, yeah, we'll see you soon. Have a great day in church. Well, hey everybody. Or even in the afternoon. So um, they're a great young couple doing a great thing for God. In fact, they're the youngest church planters in the last 10 years at just 27 years of age. And it's just good to get around people who are stepping out in great faith. And um, Adelaide needs more young, energetic churches. Trust me, we come from Adelaide. And um, it's called the City of Churches, but most of those churches have actually been closed down and they're, they're pumping nightclubs now. So um, it's like one of them's called Heaven, one of them's called the Synagogue, one of them's called the Church. And it's like, um, there is, trust me, there is not the presence of the Lord in there. All right? So, um, so, so there we go. One of the outcomes that we want from what we're believing for today is that we can reach more people through our generosity. Our second point is that I really believe that God wants to increase our capacity for breakthrough. I really believe as Renee was up here and she was sharing and stirring faith that as a church, our spiritual muscle is being stretched to continue to grow, not for breakthrough necessarily around the things pertaining to ministry and the church, but I really believe and I feel so strongly about this, that God is wanting to stretch our, meaning you and me, and our capacity to believe God for breakthrough in our own lives. That we would see God move and our faith stretched like we've never actually potentially even realised that we had the, the faith and the, the capacity and the ability to even move into that zone. I want to have a look here in Luke chapter 5. Now, at the beginning of the year, we talked about Jesus calling the disciples and the, they'd been out all night and they'd been fishing and they'd caught nothing. And then we see that Jesus was getting mobbed by the crowd. And so he asked if he could use their boats to go and push out back into the water so that he could use it as an amphitheater and begin to preach the gospel and the kingdom of God. But just before all that was transpiring and as it was unfolding, he asked Peter to go back and out again and to throw his nets in deeper. And so at that, 
as that was unfolding and that was happening, that was a word we believe that God gave us as a church, that as a church, we're going to throw our nets out into the deep so that we could see a greater catch. Well, that day in the Scripture, we realized that not only were the nets full, but they were at the point of breaking that he had to ask his business partners to, to buddy up their boats alongside of him to actually handle the capacity of all that God was doing. And so we see there that Peter in verse 6, uh, sorry, in verse 8, it says here, When Simon Peter saw this astounding miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and he begged him, Go away from me, Master, for I'm a sinful man. And then Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. And then Jesus answered and said, Do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. And I really believe that as a church that we are about to flick into a new groove in, in moving in that space about being about catching fish. That doesn't mean you might be up here with a microphone. That doesn't mean that you might run a Youth Alive event. That doesn't mean that you might be a youth leader. But in your understanding of the kingdom of God, that you're not just rolling along being a church attender, ticking the box. I believe God wants to ignite a fire on the inside of your heart. Like Peter said, you know what? Well, you've been catching fish your whole life. You're a good person. You've been toiling. You've been adding to your community. But there's a new realm of thinking. There's a new path that I want to take you on. There's a new paradigm. There's a new capacity in your understanding of stewarding the things of God in your heart that if you just latch on, if you don't yield, don't yield to your fear. Doesn't mean that you won't have fear. It doesn't mean that you won't have uncertainty. Peter was at a state of flux right there and then. It was like he was in this dilemma. Do I continue on and walk with the teacher, walk with the master, and my life will be changed forever? Do I rethink and reimagine the possibilities of what my life could look like if I followed the master into a higher realm, into a higher level? Or do I stay safe, sit back here and just be a nice, good person? I believe that God is stretching our capacity as a church, stretching our capacity as individuals, stretching our capacity as families that there's an appetite within us that we're about the Master's plans, that we're about the things of God and that we seek first the Kingdom of God. Not secondly, not third, not just flip. We've got to just tick the box to be a good person. But there's, a, there's, a, there's an aggression in a good sense, not in a bad sense, but there's this, there's this drive that God is wanting us to lock onto with the vision and the mandate. But at the moment, I feel like some of us are sort of, are we over here? Flip, I just, oh, I might just stay safe and, and I might just do what I know and what I'm comfortable with. I might just do what I've always done. I might, I might just, some of you are wanting to step over but in order for you to break through into the other side, Peter had to actually move. Peter actually had to do something. Peter actually had to throw the nets out first and foremost. Then he had to follow. 
There's a new path and a new authority and a new responsibility and a new anointing. In all of these areas, there's a capacity that God wants to trust us with. Church, if we can just grab a hold, He's wanting us to steward the kingdom of God here on earth. He's wanting to use you for kingdom purposes. He's wanting to use you to be on mission. But some of us are just sort of sitting here, staying safe, and you've got a million and one reasons of why you should just park there and just sort of just be there. Or God's saying, come on, it's time to move on over and allow your capacity to be stretched in order to handle the things of God. We get so inspired by men and women of God who step out. There's no difference between them and us. We see great and mighty miracles happen through people as they step out in faith. We see great testimonies. I've got to say, even this week, Renee and I had figured out an amount that we were going to step out in and last Friday night, I spoke at a youth ministry of just 120 young people. And there was a young man there who was hosting me. And I was sort of, he was asking where we're at with our church. And I said, we're just moving into a breakthrough season and a breakthrough offering. He goes, that was like the greatest moment in my life. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, well I've always been apprehensive about stepping out. And God began to stir my wife and I to put a large amount in. In fact, he goes, we felt God to put, we felt God tell us to put in $20,000. And I'm like, flip, are, are, are you all there, mate? And he goes, and, and I said, that, that's unbelievable. And he, he said, you know what? He goes, it was the greatest moment in my life. I'm like, what, what do you mean? He goes, it broke something off for me that was all about me. And it lifted me into a space where I was all about the, the things of God. Then I said, so what was the outcome of that? He goes, well, literally three months ago, he goes, my wife's family sold a property. And when they sold a property, they were actually downsizing and moving to Adelaide. And it was like out of left field. It was not on the agenda. It was not planned. And they rang us and invited us over for dinner. And they sat down and told us that their plans... And that if they sold the property for X amount of dollars, that they would get $350,000. Out of left field, an early inheritance, years beyond what they even, even thought or imagined and didn't even know the possibilities that was even on the radar. So they now have bought their first house out in the western suburbs of Brisbane and are moving on. And then this year, a door opened for him in full-time ministry for the very first time, a dream that he'd had in his heart for many, many years. I think that's pretty amazing. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Now, this is the thing, is that when we, Jesus said to Peter, do not yield to your fear. And I really believe that as a church, God's wanting us to have courage and to continue to step up into a whole new realm of understanding. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. That's for the second time. Our third point is very clear that this is not about us, but this is all about Him. It's quite funny that that's actually ingrained in our mission statement, that this isn't all about us, 
but it's all about him. And our heart is that in everything we do, as we step out and continue to believe God for more, is that Jesus would be glorified in everything that we do. So we see here in John 6, verse 14, it says, All the people were astounded. In the other version, it says they were all astonished. They were all amazed as they saw with their own eyes the incredible miracles, the miracle, pardon me, that Jesus had performed. And they begin to say amongst themselves, he is really the one. He's the true prophet that we've been expecting, that he was the chosen one. He was the Messiah. He was to be the savior of the world. He was the one that got all the focus. He was the one that got all the attention. He was the one that got all the glory. And I believe that as we muster up our faith, as we obviously we can't do everything, but everybody can do something. As we join our faith together, as we join our hearts together, as we all take a step of faith, is that God honors faith. God honors faith. And as we step out, that we're going to continue to see God glorified in absolutely everything we do. DJ, if you can come up onto the keys, that would be awesome. We see here, oh, sorry, let's get Joey. You can start. Let's give it up for Joey. That, that beard is, is getting really good. I will give you your lead now. We see here that... Our capacity is, needs to continue to stretch. And I'd like to ask ourselves a question. What is our capacity to partner with Jesus around miracles? Does, can he trust us to step out and to see his kingdom come, his will be done? We saw here that God's not trying to bend people's wrists around behind them he's not trying to 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 pressure he simply put forward peter why don't you why don't you throw the nets in again he's always looking for someone to partner with him to see a great miracle he's always looking for someone to partner with him to see oversupply he's always looking for someone to partner with him to see more people reached. And so this is the thing, that as we co-labor, as we are in partnership, not just with one another, not just with a vision of the house, but as we partner with Him, that's where we see the miracles happen. So we see here that Peter threw out the nets. Last week I shared around the disciples they took it upon themselves to actually outwork the commands of Jesus to continue to, to serve out the bread, the loaves and the fishes. And as everyone did that in cohesion with the request of the Master, the multitude right there and then were all fed. And as I said last week, sorry, I'm not meaning to go over it, but I know some of you weren't here. No one actually was fully aware at what point a miracle was actually transpiring before their very eyes. Jesus didn't just go and back in a, a, a truck with a whole heap of bread and fishes on it. He didn't call it down like manna from heaven. There was no 
instant abracadabra, there it is. He's looking for sons and daughters, for disciples to partner with Him. At the beginning of this year for the future, I believe as we were casting faith, it's not necessarily so much about the results and the impact. It's more about us in our discipleship process. Jesus was constantly teaching and training and stretching and putting the disciples in a space where it was feeling uncomfortable, where it was out of their depth. We saw it time and time again with Peter walking just um, the next chapter or so after this where he was actually the storm and the tempest arose and he actually had to walk towards Jesus. Once again, he was stretching his capacity to handle and to steward the kingdom of God. And I believe that's what is going on with us is that disciples that were once again on a discipleship journey, they were on track to being, obviously they'd be left alone. Well, not left alone totally because the Holy Spirit was going to come. But Jesus was going to lay down His life. And the disciples had to right there and then had to kick faith into action. But on the process towards that, there were many little incremental, well, not little, they were monstrous, they were massive because Jesus had three years with them. Miracles that were going along the way in their discipleship journey. Those 5,000 that were handed out the loaves and the bread and the fish, sorry. Was it at the 21st person where the miracle, one of the disciples realised, I think something's going on here. I think we're part of something pretty special here. Was it the 35th person? Was it the 40th, 50th? What point? Then all of a sudden they look behind and they realise that bread's not going, it's there. In fact, it's multiplying. They've been fed and all the other disciples are joyous because it's happening with them too. If I could just put on the last slide that scripture. Miraculously, the food multiplied with everyone eating as much as they wanted. When everyone was satisfied, Jesus told His disciples, Now go back and gather up the pieces left over so that nothing will be wasted. And the disciples filled up the 12 baskets of the fragments, a basket of leftovers for each and every disciple. What Jesus was teaching the disciples, let's focus on Peter right now. He said very clearly, make sure that you don't yield to fear. Don't hold back. I'm always going to give you everything that you need. You're not going to go without. We think we've got, to, we've got to keep our life in order to get life. But Jesus says, no, it's the other way around. Everything in the Kingdom of God, it's an oxymoron. It's the other way around. It's the antithesis. It's the other. In order to get life, what do you have to do? You've actually got to give your life away to gain eternal life. Everything in the Kingdom of God is about generosity, is about others, is about going forward beyond yourself. That's why it says very clearly the world of the generous gets larger and larger because it's not about us. When we get about us, we think we've got to hoard, store. We do that because fear kicks in and we think if we give, are we going to go without? Peter right there and then, if I give my life and I follow you, Jesus, am I going to go without? I've got a good trade right here. I'm a fisherman. We just think that he flipped the nets out. 
he was doing very well. He'd actually get those fish and take it to the market. He's a business operator. He was trading. He was doing very well. He was looked after. So we think he actually had to walk away from that and walk into nothing. Peter was the one that Jesus said, you're Peter. You're the one who had a revelation that I am the Son of God. And upon you and that revelation, I'm actually going to, you're the rock, you're the Petros. I'm going to build my church on you. God's looking for people that He can build His kingdom upon, that He can build His church upon. And rather than shriek back, we saw here that the 12 disciples, they weren't left without. There was Everyone was satisfied. Everyone was looked after. I really believe that this vision and these things that we're going to do, God's got them sorted. He's going to look out for them. He's going to also look after you, your finances and your understanding and break you through into a new capacity in thinking around the kingdom of God, about His plan, His mission, His way. Get the focus off of you and onto Him and what He has for your life. And out of that, everyone's going to be satisfied. But also, I'm really believing that there is going to be an oversupply. Just like there were so many fish that day, there was more than enough for Peter. He had to call the boats in. The nets were being strained. Around when the 5,000 were fed, there was leftovers enough for each disciple to continue on. Listen to this. To continue on, because where they were was out there. there. There was no shop. There was no food that was available. They had to keep tracking on to the next moment in the assignment of Jesus and all the disciples. Enough of them continue to be looked after until the next moment where they needed to have faith to believe God there. An oversupply. So I hope, church, that you obviously are excited and stirred around the vision and the possibility about what God can do through our generosity. But I also pray that as you step out in faith and you partner with what God's doing, that your heart would be increased, that your capacity would be increased to handle more of the kingdom of God, more responsibility, more authority, more weight, more influence. These aren't bad things to desire, church. They are not bad things to desire. If you're faithful with small, then God can entrust you with much. So this isn't all about an open door to run a Youth Alive ministry or anything like that. Maybe it might be God's going to spark something around you and your focus around business. You're stressing out and it's all about pain and you just got your head down. And it's like, you know, you know, I heard an interesting thing is that those who pay their bills and can get through, if you're, not, if you're finding it hard to pay your bills every week, there's a certain amount of anxiety and stress that is, it's up there. But do you know the gap from being able to make ends meet and pay your bills with a little bit of comfort and buffer versus being ultra and uber rich where you can have almost anything you want? Do you know the level of anxiety and stress that's statistically reported is almost minimal? So we want to go after all these things thinking that we're going to have a greater life and we're going to be 